Could you lift your hands and thank him for his goodness today? Come on, give him praise for his goodness today. Hallelujah. How many have found that the Lord, he is good? The Lord, he is good. Oh, bless his name. We're going to look to the word of the Lord this morning, and I'll invite your attention to the great book of Psalms, the 100th Psalm. Sometimes you just have to stop and reflect on the fact that God is so good. That his mercy is so pure. That his grace is so sufficient. We thank him for it today. We thank him for each and every one of you. Welcome. Welcome today to the house of God. Can we give all of our guests a great big hand clap? God bless you. We're so thankful that you're here today. And we believe the Lord is going to bless you and minister to you. Psalm 100, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 100, verses 1 through 3. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I would like to speak to you for a few moments this morning on the subject, we are his people. We are his people. Can we lift up our voices together uh, one more time in the presence of God? Lord, I thank you for every person that has gathered here today. Bless the preaching of your word. I ask, Lord, that it would be grace to the hearer. Lord, I pray that it would go forth and accomplish that whereto you have sent it. Minister, I pray abundantly of the goodness of your great spirit. Help us, I pray, to hear you, to receive from you, to understand what you say to us. We give you all praise and glory in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In the name of the Lord. The Bible says in this passage of Scripture that we are His people. People are are unique creatures. It's important to remember that we are each made in the image of God. And that we are... uh, We are each special in our own way. And the Bible says that we are fearfully and we are wonderfully made. And and yet it's interesting that uh, as people and being a person, if you're a person, you're a part of this great group called people. But you'd be surprised how little patience we have with one another. You'd think we'd have more because if anybody can relate to people, it would be other people. But we don't have a lot of patience with each other. In fact, we lose our patience quite quickly. Uh, Sometimes you'll hear people say, people are crazy. Or or you might hear people say uh, with a little mischievous smile, people are funny. And what they mean by that is, People are crazy. 
sometimes they won't even say what they mean. They'll just let you fill in the blank. They'll say, some people. Or they might express to you and hope you don't take them wrong. They want to make sure you understand they're not, a, they're not one of the bad people that they're talking about. They're not one of the crazy people or funny people. And they'll let you know, I'm just not a real people person. Or they might be coming through a long stretch of, of interacting with a lot of people and they may tell you that uh, they're peopled out. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever said that? I'm peopled out. I can't, I can't do any more peopling. And it's funny because it's people who say that. And, and the fact of the matter is people are important and God created people. God created you. He created me. He created every person that is in this place and those that are not here. He created us. And everything we do in this life really does revolve around people. When we're talking about society, we're, we're talking about a collection of, of people. If you were to, uh, even words that would relate to people. You've heard the word population. The, the, the reason that, it, the reason that it, it has those letters P-O and P-L, it is, it is a related word to the word people. And, and population means a place where there is a certain number of people and to populate it means, to, it means to fill something with people. In fact, if you hear the word popular, the word popular is related to the word people, and it simply means something that is liked by a lot of people. If you heard, hear the word or the suffix polis, uh, I grew up near Indianapolis, and what it meant was a lot of people in the middle of Indiana. That's what it meant. It's where we get the word metropolis and Minneapolis and the Acropolis. It has to do with population. It has to do with a place that is populated with people. It's even where we get the word politics. Politics has to do with people. It, it has to do with, with representing people. It has to do with governing people. It has to do with, with uh, in fact, the term police has to do with people, enforcing laws with people. The police wouldn't have a lot of work to do if it weren't for people. Police and, and politics and policy. Policy is connected to the word police. and It has to do with rules and regulations that are in place and it is because there are so many people. And if you don't have some kind of policy, People are independent agents. They just do whatever they want to do. Well, if everybody just does what everybody feels like doing and wants to do, then good luck on the interstate going home. <laughs> just good luck with that one. Somebody had to create policies that put lines in place that, that, and then had to educate the people as to what the lines represented because uh, it was going to be important because... You may feel like you own the road, but you don't own the road. And you may feel like you're the only, anybody ever heard your, your dad say, he's driving like he's the only one on the road. Well, you can't drive like you're the only one on the road because there happen to be other people. And so life is filled with people. And whether you like it or not, 
people are going to be involved with your life. And you're going to have to learn how to get along with people. You're going to have to learn how to coexist with people because God created people. And God is interested in, in people. And, 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 and it's challenging because people can be some of the most uh, wonderful people. Uh, they can be some of the most treacherous people. People steal, people manipulate, people slander, people look out only for themselves, people don't mind hurting other people. Many people have wounds today because of their interactions that were very averse, very adverse with other people. And so we carry with us wounds because of things other people have said. We carry baggage and scars and hurts. And so we, we really do, we build up walls and we set up guards and parameters and we, we, we want to make sure that nobody can break through and hurt us because we've dealt with people before. You might, you might say something like that, like, I've seen people like that before. They're not, gonna, they're not going to do that to me because I have experience in this area. And so this is, this is what our experience is with, with people, but... But God created people, and he created people in his own image. And, and the Bible says that he is interested in people. But, but we, ladies and gentlemen, must understand that we are not just any gathering of people. And I want you to understand what I mean by this. I don't want you to take it the wrong way and, and ever feel like I'm saying that we are superior, we're not, or that we're better, we're not. Or that we have some kind of, of leverage on others. None of that is the case. It is simply that we are not just any other people. We are his people. And that really does make a difference in how we live. And how we act and how we interact and how we react. We cannot react like just any other people. Because we aren't just any other people. We are his people. And when we interact, our interactions need to be those of honesty, those of compassion, those of thoughtfulness and consideration because we are not just any people. We are his people. And our, our uh, actions need to be intentional. They need to be deliberate. They need to be focused. They need to be full of the love of God, full of the grace of God because we are his people. And so, no, we don't get to road rage like other people. No, we don't get to, we don't get to slam our fists down on the table because the server forgot our mustard and we clearly said mustard. We said extra mustard and it still didn't come. We sent it back two times, it still isn't here. And now, no, no, you don't, you you got to understand, God wouldn't be slamming his fist on a table or, or depriving someone of a gratuity because of something so petty. God wouldn't do that, and he doesn't want his people doing that. We're not just anybody else in this world. We are the people of God, and that is something very significant. The Bible says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. 
You are a holy nation. Hallelujah. That's who you are. You are not just anybody, but you have been called that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. And he didn't just say you're a chosen generation and a holy nation and a royal priesthood. He said you are a peculiar people. And, and we say that the people of God are a peculiar people, and I can hear us even now say, you got that right. I've met some peculiar people in the house of God. But the peculiarity I'm talking about is for all the right reasons. We need to be peculiar for all the right reasons. That we should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Now notice verse 10. Which in time past were not a people. Now that doesn't mean that you weren't a person. You were a person, but you were not a people. You did not belong to a company of the righteous. You did not belong to a company of people who could say that they were a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, and a peculiar people. You one time were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. I want you to understand something about this gathering of people. We must be a united people. I said we, of all people, we must be a united people. <laughs> Nothing grieves the heart of God more than when his people are not united. Because God wants us to be one even as he is one. And so we must be united. And you see in 1 Peter 2.9, if we could put 1 Peter 2.9 back up there, you see the areas where we are united. The Bible said we are a chosen generation. Okay? A chosen generation. In the church, unlike other factions of our world and society, in this church, we are not multiple generations. We are one generation of people. We are a chosen generation and, and we are not separated by the difference in our age. Now you say, well, are you sure about that, preacher? Because there are some differences of style and differences of preference and differences of outlook. I, I get all of that, but that's all worldly. When we walk into the presence of God, we are one chosen generation. And when we talk about my generation did this, listen, if you're alive, this is your generation. You may happen to be a teenager right now, but you're a teenager in this generation. Or you might happen to be an elder, but you're an elder in this generation. And we need young people in this generation. And we need elders in this generation. We don't need a church that doesn't have young people. And we don't need a church that doesn't have elderly people. We need a church that has young. We need a church that has older. We need a church that has middle-aged. We need a church that has everybody who was born at different times in different decades with different perspectives, all united, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. 
in the 1950s, they might have sang, Christ is the answer to every problem. And in the 1970s, they might have sang, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. And today we just sang what the answer is in this house. New songs, not different messages, not different solutions, not different declarations as to what the answer is. Maybe a little different style. But Jesus is the answer in every decade. Jesus is the answer in every century. We're not multiple generations. We are one generation. Don't let the world divide us up into different categories. We are his people. He said we are a holy nation. Do you know what that word nation means? That nation word is the word ethnos, where we get our word ethnic or ethnicity. And when he said we are one holy nation, he was telling us that we are not any longer devoted to whatever ethnicity we may have originated from. But we are now devoted to him alone who is worthy and we are one holy nation. This is why when you walk into the Tree of Life Church, you're going to find a multiplicity of ethnicities, people from all different nations around the globe, all in unity, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not going to let the world divide us up into their categories and into their compartments. We are one holy nation. Brought out by the power of God. Sanctified by the Spirit of the Lord. Washed by the blood of the Lamb. We are a chosen generation. We are a holy nation. Hallelujah. You might have several different nations that are a part of your biological makeup. And and if that's the case, that's perfectly fine because when you come into the family of Jesus Christ, you absolutely become a new creature in Christ Jesus. And and it doesn't doesn't matter what you once were. So I can't blame my hot-headedness on whatever, whatever my biological makeup is. I've heard people, I have a lot of German and a lot of Persian and so forth, and, 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 and you might do something and say, yeah, that's the German coming out in him. I don't, get to, I, don't get to, I don't get to blame anything on that anymore. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. It, listen, and let me give you a little hint. Every ethnic background and every ethnic makeup has some kind of hot-headedness in their biology because they're this. They're people. And people are people and people have some sort of connection to one another because we're all made in the image of Almighty God and God would get angry, but His is a righteous anger. When I get angry, I've got to be careful that I sin not. I don't get to blame anything on any kind of heritage from the past. I don't get to blame anything on any kind of ethnic makeup or biological construct. I'm in the family of Jesus Christ, and I'm united with my brother and my sister. Notice what he said. He said, we are a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. 
Now the priesthood is a spiritual is a spiritual uh, institution. And what he's saying in 1 Peter 2.9 is we don't have varying degrees of spirituality where that one person is, is of this great spiritual nature and then other people are just peasants when it comes to serving God. That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the same Holy Ghost I've got. If you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you've been washed in the same blood of the Lamb I've been washed in. Hallelujah. We don't get to go around trying to act like like we're holier than other people or that we're better than other people or that we're more righteous. We are all a royal priesthood and we are not separated into different spiritual categories. My God, have mercy. You don't need the power prophet supernova prophet from some continent far beyond to fly in and pray for you anybody that has faith in the name of Jesus and is filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost can lay hands on you and the power of God can flow through that prayer praise God we are a royal priesthood and we are a peculiar people we are a peculiar people and this peculiarity is something that unites us it doesn't divide us and so we, we, we actually are peculiar for this reason, because we once were not a people, but now we are the people of God. You know you and I, we wouldn't have anything in common if it wasn't for Jesus. How did we even get here? Look at your neighbor and say, where did you come from? And ask him, say, how in the world did I get here? I'll tell you how you got here, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'll tell you how we showed up together on the same row with hands uplifted, without wrath and without doubting, bathed in the blood of the Lamb, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something. We're not just here, but we're here for each other. We will bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the love of Christ. If you're in this building and you're going through a struggle, don't you go through that struggle alone. You've got brothers and sisters in Christ that are here. We will help you and we will pray for you. And I know you would do the same for me. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the people in this house love me. I love you. You love each other. God is good. We once were not a people, but now we're the people of God. We once had not obtained mercy, but now we've obtained mercy. That's what makes us peculiar. I'm going to tell you that's what makes us peculiar. We have obtained mercy. And you cannot obtain mercy and stay the same. When mercy steps into the scope of your life, it changes everything about you. I can't treat people the same way I used to treat people. Not when God has been so good to me. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't lash out at people because when God could have lashed out at me, he showed me mercy. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't love me because I'm so good. He loves me because he is so good. He doesn't love me because I'm so patient and kind. He loves me because he is so patient and kind. I don't deserve his love. I'm not worthy of his love. I'm not worthy of his mercy. But his mercies are new. Every single morning, there are new mercies from God. 
Hallelujah. You'll have to pardon me. I've made the mistake of talking about mercy. Now I'm getting excited. You see how long I stood behind this pulpit. I tried. But I started talking about the mercy of God. Y'all, I tried, but I started talking about how God in his infinite love and his eternal kindness and the great love wherewith he had loved us, how he reached way down into the depth of my despair and he picked me up and he showed me not just mercy. You know, the Bible calls it, Brother Bowling, he calls it tender mercies. He knew what I could and couldn't handle, and he showed me tender mercies. Oh, he's so good. And when you encounter that mercy of God, you become peculiar to this world because it changes you. This is why you need to pray every day. This is why you need to have devotion every morning. This is why you need to reconnect with God every day, every morning, for the rest of your life. Connect and reconnect so that you can be reminded of his mercy. So that when you walk out into the world, you are a giver of mercy. Hallelujah. And when they encounter you, they're going to encounter someone who's very peculiar. Most people would have slammed their fist down on the table till they got their mustard. But you're so peculiar. Not everybody is that patient. Not everybody is that, that kind. Not, not everybody not everybody's that compassionate. But you, you're different than other people I've met here. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hey, can I, can I tell you something real quick? This isn't in anything I was planning to preach, but can I just tell you something real quick? Because we are a peculiar people. In Madagascar right now, there are 250,000 apostolic Pentecostal Jesus name worshipers. 250,000 Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus name. And it wasn't always that way. There wasn't anybody that we know of in the 1950s. In the 1960s, a man went there by the name of Richardson. Brother Richardson went into Madagascar, and guess where he came from? From the Tree of Life Church. And he, had, he, 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 he was on the job, and he was working at a factory here in Cincinnati. And while he was working there, there was a man that caught his attention. Because this man was unlike anybody else. This man was kind and compassionate and tender-hearted. This man was forgiving. This man was stable. This man was solid. This man loved his family. This man didn't participate in the inappropriateness that some of the other people participated in. And it caught this guy's eye. He, well, the man wasn't judgmental. He was just close to God. And he said, there's something different about this man. There's something peculiar about this man. And when Brother Richardson began to talk to him, he found out he's one of his people. The man began to teach him a Bible study and, and eventually after much debate and back and forth and going over the word of the Lord, Brother Richardson ended up repenting of his sins, being baptized in Jesus' name, being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, came into the church under Brother Kurtz and, and eventually felt a call to go to Madagascar to preach the gospel in Madagascar. He didn't know the language. He walked into the middle of Madagascar and this is how he started his church. Does anybody speak English? Anybody, does anybody speak English? Is there anyone that speaks English? He finally found one person who spoke English, and that's where he started. Today, 250,000 people. That's a quarter of a million people. And it all started because a person was peculiar. 
We are not just anybody else. No, you don't get to throw fits like other people. You don't get to gossip like other people. You don't get to slander like other people. You don't get to do it. You're his people. You're the sheep of his pasture. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 6, the Lord explains to Moses. He says to Moses, look, I'm going I'm to I'm bring my people out of bondage. Exodus 6 verse 6, I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it you for an heritage. I am the Lord. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. Verse number 7, he said, I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will be your God and you will be my people. And you shall know. Everybody say no. You shall know that I am the Lord your God. That is what separates us from other people. We know. Psalm 100 and verse 3 said, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. When you experience the mercy of God, that is when you know that he is God. And not you and not me and not anybody else. He alone is the Lord. And I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he is God and he is good. How many know that God is good? How many have ever gone through a trial and you still know that God is good? All right, can we get real? How many of you ever lost a loved one and you still know God is good? How many have ever wept in the midnight hour, but you still know that God is good? How many, how many remember when that particular prayer didn't get answered the way you wanted it to get answered, but God is still good? Now the world would say those people are manipulated and those people don't have a mind of their own. That's not true. But we've talked to him and he has talked to us. We are his people and he is our God. And when we needed peace, he gave us peace. And when he needed joy, he gave us joy. Hallelujah. When I needed comfort, he brought comfort to me. It wasn't always the way I wanted it, but it was always the way I needed it. He may not come when you want him, but he is always right on time. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good and I know that he is good and I know that he is merciful and I know that he is kind and when you know that about God, it changes you. You become one of his people. That's what happens when you repent of your sins. When you repent of your sins, that's you saying, I don't want that. I want him. When you're baptized in his name, that's you saying, I don't want my old identity. I want his identity. 
when you're filled with his spirit, that's you saying, I don't want to be in charge of the way I react to everything. I want him to take the levers of my life and love through me and give through me and bless through me. Hallelujah. I know the Lord that he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. So we are his people because we have obtained mercy and because we know him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know him. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Daniel. I want to look at the book of Daniel. If we could pull up Daniel chapter 11. And I want you to look at verse number 32. Notice what the Bible says. Daniel 11 verse 32 says this. It says... Such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. You know where the word exploits appears elsewhere in the scriptures? Just four verses before this one, verse 28. And it's speaking of a heathen king who is doing exploits. And he is ravaging lands, taking control of whole villages and communities and nation states. And he shall return, in verse 28, into his land with great riches. And his heart shall be against the holy covenant. He shall do exploits and return to his own land. That's intimidating. That's foreboding. That's challenging that a heathen king would do exploits. That word is not just a noun. It's also a verb that... That, that, that there's a heathen king that would exploit certain circumstances. And let me tell you something. In the last two years, we have seen the devil exploit circumstances. He exploited this world to try to turn people against one another. And let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, don't ever. Now, this is an admonishment for the body of Christ. Don't ever again, ever again allow the enemy to turn you against your brother or sister in Christ. Don't ever let it happen again. In 2020, the body of Christ all over the world argued over absolutely everything. They fought tooth and nail with each other, and the devil sat back laughing with glee because the heathen king was doing exploits. But read down a little bit. In verse 32, the Bible says that that heathen king isn't the only one doing exploits. The Bible says they that do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries. In other words, they'll be corrupted by wanting everyone to speak well of them. We're not interested in everybody speaking well of us. The Bible says they, the people that do know their God, shall be strong and shall do exploits. The enemy isn't the only one exploiting circumstances. But the church of the living God needs to recognize the opportunity in every situation that comes our way. What the devil would mean for evil, God will turn it for the good. And we will exploit what the devil tries to bring against the church. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We're not just any other people. We are his people. We're not going to be deceived by what other people are deceived by. And we're not going to fall into the snare that other people fall into. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We do know our God and we will do exploits. 
Hallelujah. Do you know how many churches the devil tried to shutter in the last two years? Do you know how many churches the devil tried to take down the drain in the last two years? But you know what? They're not able, he's not able to do it because the churches know their God. They are strong and do exploits. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Churches, churches that are filled with the Holy Ghost and that are tied to the name of Jesus Christ are thriving, not declining. They're thriving, not declining. Why? Because we know our God and we know we are his people and we aren't here to be defeated. We are here to be strong. We are here to do the work of the Lord. We're on the front lines. We're not cowering behind the stuff. We're on the front lines. We're doing the work of God. We've come, hallelujah, to work a spiritual war against the enemy we're here to lift high the name of Jesus we're here to see the power of God at work in the earth hallelujah my God have mercy I was in I was in uh, Southern California just last month San Diego, California was with Bishop Hodges. You've probably seen Bishop Hodges in the news because he took, he took all the way to the Supreme Court a law that had been, that had, that he was challenging. He was challenging the governor of California who was putting a greater burden on churches than was being placed upon places of business in the state of California. And churches were not allowed to sing Churches were not allowed to gather together above 10 people. Meanwhile, the casinos were flooded and the department stores were flooded and California was just having a heyday with its foot on the church. But these people know their God. And they're strong. And they do exploits. And they're a peculiar people. They didn't just get mad and complain. They didn't go on social media and spew all kinds of vile hatred at the people that are, they disagree with. No, they're smarter than that. They're smarter than that. They know they're God. And so they're ready to do exploits. So Brother Hodges, listen to what he did. He did everything the governor asked. Everything. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost, y'all. Everything the governor asked and more. And you know who else did that? Jesus. Jesus did everything that the law of sin and death demanded and went above and beyond it. And when he stepped into the position of removing the law of sin and death, he had moral authority to do it because he had obeyed the entire law. Bishop Hodges obeyed absolutely everything that was handed down from the governor of California. The congregation obeyed everything. And when they had achieved everything the governor had prescribed, he then went to the Supreme Court and said, this needs to change. And it did change. And now we have Supreme Court precedent that churches cannot be mistreated if we ever go through something like that again. Listen, we're different than other people. We don't get angry and rabid and go beat down doors and, and crash windows and vandalize. That's not who we are. We're a peculiar people. We've touched mercy. We've obtained mercy. And we do exploits. Hallelujah. I was just in the state of Mississippi where that they were 
that they were actually responsible for drafting a law that says you cannot kill an unborn child after 15 weeks. They, they actually drafted the law. And, and, and little did they know the law was going to be challenged. It was sued. And, and, and so the state director of health was sued. And that law went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court overturned a 50-year decision saying that, that abortion is able to be done even up to the time of birth. And it all started in the state of Mississippi with some apostolic Pentecostal Jesus named people in an office drawing a law together saying we're going to put this through the proper channels and we're going to make the case that this child was formed in the belly and was ordained of God to live and, and, and that this child has a right to live and they have human rights just like everybody else has human rights. And let me tell you something. Mississippi didn't just draft that law. Mississippi also has one of the most spectacular children's mansions and adoption agencies in the world in Tupelo, Mississippi. Why? Because we know our God and we do exploits. We are strong and do exploits. It's not by accident that just a few months ago, Sister Anna Glasgow and Sister Rebecca Washington led the charge to, to partner with Life Forward and say that we are going to not only look after the unborn baby, but we're going to look after the mother as well. And we're going to bless the mother and we're going to bless the child and we're going to stand in the gap and do what we can. You know what? Let me just tell you something. I, I've already seen it. I've already seen the fighting and the debating. And somebody said, well, I hope that these pro-life people are ready to start helping with these children that are going to be born. And I've seen pro-life people respond by saying, it is not my responsibility. And you can't put that on me just because I stand for a person's right to live. I say, stop with all of that. You know what the church ought to say worldwide? Challenge accepted. Bring them here. What are we talking about? We're a peculiar people. We're different. We're not afraid of the problems of our world. We're not afraid. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hear me now. We're not afraid of perversion. We're not afraid of rebellion. We're not afraid of corruption. We're not afraid of violence. We're not afraid of poverty. We're a peculiar people. We have obtained mercy. And we know what mercy can do. Don't get mad at the world for being lost. Lost people will do what lost people do. Don't get mad. You and I were lost. You and I were lost until we found Jesus. That's why Paul said he listed a whole list of sinful lifestyles that will not inherit the kingdom of God. And, and, and just before we all get high and mighty about not being on that list, he said, such were some of you. And now you are washed. Now you are sanctified. Now you are justified by the blood of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. We ought to be a light in this world. We don't want to blend in with the darkness. We're the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. We are to be a city on a hill that cannot be hid. 
God has given us a unique grace to be able to strike the fine line of standing for righteousness but not pretending to be holier than anybody else. Because it is not our holiness. It is His. It is not our righteousness. It is His. It is not our purity. It is His. It is not our morality. It is His. And we are not our own. We are His. Hey, Tree of Life, are you ready? Are you ready to do exploits? Because it's time to do exploits. Hallelujah. We've come out of the most unique transition I've seen any church anywhere ever go through. Can I get a witness? I'm talking about in and out of buildings and, and in and out of uh, capital campaigns. We've got, we've got $900,000 left to raise before October of 2023, and we're going to raise it well before then in Jesus' name. You're going to hear more about it, but I'm going to tell you, when the Lord moves on your heart to give, you need to do it because he's ready to do exploits. Whatever he tells you to sell, sell it and give it because he's ready to do exploits. We're about to finish a worship center in Montgomery. Do you realize that's going to give us a campus in Montgomery and a campus in Finneytown? Do you know we're going to be able to reach this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ? We're going to need every single campus and we're going to need every single acre of property we can get to do the work God has called us to do. My God have mercy. Thank you, brethren. Thank you, brethren. The Holy Ghost told you to do that. Thank you, Brother White and Brother Rodriguez. The Holy Ghost told you to do that. I'm telling you, God is going to move upon the heart of his people to give. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Lift your hands and give him praise right now. Come on and give him praise. Come on all across this house. Open up your mouth and give him praise in the name of Jesus. Come on, all across this house, open up your mouth and give him praise in the name of Jesus. The Holy Ghost is moving. We're going to, hey, listen, we're going to be right in the big middle of what God is doing in these last days. We're going to see souls saved. We're going to see people come to the light of Jesus Christ. Yes, we're going to be on the front lines helping children, helping single mothers, helping marriages, helping families, because we know God. And we're going to do exploits. Hallelujah. 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 I need somebody to praise him with me right now. Come on, church. Praise him right now. Praise him right now. Praise him right now. God is doing something. You say this is peculiar. Yes, these are a peculiar people. These are a peculiar people. They obtained mercy. They obtained mercy. When God moved upon their heart, he changed something inside of them. Hallelujah. Could you stand with me right now? The Holy Ghost is moving in this house. 
I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to go ahead and prophesy in Jesus' name. This just confirms something to me, and I'm going to prophesy. There's a revival of giving coming upon the Tree of Life Church. It's going to be sacrificial giving. God's going to speak to you, and you're going to give something that you never dreamed you would, but you're going to do it because the Holy Ghost told you to, not because a preacher told you to, not because you were coerced to do it. As Brother Sizemore said earlier, you'll do it out of the cheerfulness of your own heart. And when you do, there's going to be not just a revival of giving, but a revival of the miraculous. And there's going to be a Holy Ghost power sweep over the city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me tell you where it's going to come from. It's going to come because through this period of transition, you have been faithful. In Tree of Life, we've gone through our own transition. And, and those that are of heritage grace point, you've gone through transition. And God's going to honor you for your faithfulness. God's going to honor you for your devotion to God. God's going to honor you for how you were dedicated to the things of God. Hallelujah. We have this beautiful place in which to worship the Lord. God's going to honor every prayer that was prayed. God's going to honor every dollar that was given. God's going to honor every time you put your shoulder to the plow. Hallelujah. We are the people of God. We are His people. He said we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. That's a beautiful thing to call us. It's not the most magnificent animal in the animal kingdom, I know. But, but what a thing to call His people. The sheep. Defenseless. You know why we're defenseless? Because he is our defender. We don't have sharp teeth or sharp claws. We don't have a predatory instinct. No, we're sheep. You could, you could if you wanted to, you could, you could lash out at us and, and we just take it. Because the Lord is our defense. The Lord is our shelter. You know why we're sheep? I'll tell you why we're sheep. Because he's the lamb sheep because he's the lamb and I'm going to tell you how we overcome we don't overcome through our shrewd business acumen and we don't overcome by our excellent educational academic pursuits and we don't overcome because we are wealthy what you're looking here at this is not wealth this is sacrifice this is not wealth this is sacrifice this didn't come from abundance this came from people who want to see God move in our city I'll tell you how we overcome. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. I'm so humbled by what's happening right now. I need somebody to lift up a hand of thanksgiving unto God. Something just broke in the Holy Ghost. Something just broke in the Holy Ghost. Something just broke in the Holy Ghost. And I'm not just talking about the figure this adds up to. I'm talking about something spiritual just shifted. Hallelujah. Something spiritual just shifted. Because while the world is afraid of recession, the church said we are a peculiar people.
We live in the land of Goshen. And God is our protector. Come on, lift your hands with me right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift up that voice with praise unto God. Hallelujah. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I am made. I receive of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I am made, I will, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life sing. All my life you have been faithful. 
something in this place. The Lord is doing something in this place. Rodney Saunders and Brother Jeremy Hatfield, two wonderful men that the Lord has sent our way just in this past year to help us with this building program, to finish it out. Such, such tedious work, such challenging work. And God sent both of these men to Cincinnati, to the Tree of Life Church, to help us finish what the Lord called us to start. And I'm going to tell you something. God has been faithful to us through this whole process. And he's going to finish the work. But hear me now. When the work is finished, the work is just beginning. And I'm going to tell you that God has put laborers right in this house. He has brought you to this moment. There are ministries that are being born in this congregation right now that are going to go out into this city and reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just as he sent these men to help at this season to bring us into full completion, God is lifting you up right now. I believe that there are ministries that God's dealing with you and has dealt with you. The devil told you that they died, but the devil is alive. They're alive and they're well. Hallelujah. And every good word the Lord has spoken to you, it shall come to pass. And I want us right now to lift up our voices together unto God and say, Lord, I'm available to you. I'm available to you. I'm available to do your work. Lead me, Lord, I'm going to follow. Hallelujah. As the tree of life spreads forth its branches to bring fruit all through this city and around the world, God, let me be a part of it. Let me be a part of what you're doing. Let me be a part of your great kingdom. I want to do the work of the Lord. Come on, that's it. Do it right now. Let him stir up that gift that is in you. Let him stir up that gift that is in you. That's right. Let him stir up that gift that is in you. Hallelujah, there's a gift inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my life, you have been faithful. Oh, my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath, every breath that I am made. right now. We're going to pray over this offering that was received today. We're going to pray a divine multiplication and a divine blessing in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for every offering that was given today. I pray, Lord, for both this gift and the giver. Lord, we pray a blessing upon every person that parted ways with the money you provided to them, knowing that when you put they put it into your hands, it shall be multiplied to feed the multitudes. Lord, I pray you'll bring it back to them a hundredfold. I pray, Lord, you'll bless them in the city, bless them in the field, bless them when they come and when they go. In the name of Jesus, bless their homes, bless their ministry, their marriage. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that you will indeed multiply this offering for the furtherance of your 
your kingdom, for the feeding of the multitudes, for the blessing to the hungry. In the name of Jesus, Lord, do it for your glory. Do it for your glory. Do it for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. And let the people of God give him a shout of praise. house. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord, all you people. All you people. All you people. Thank you, Jesus. As you go today, find somebody. Tell them you love them. Tell them you appreciate them. Bless them in Jesus' name. God bless you.